everyone. I'm Suparna Goswami, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group. I have the pleasure of speaking with Peter Goldman, who is President at FraudAware. We will talk about the problem, which has been the Achilles heel for fraud practitioners for years now, accounts payable fraud. Peter, appreciate you joining me today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Peter, there are many categories under accounts payable fraud. And I'm sure each category has a different methodology when it comes to fraud. While we will get into the remediation part later in the discussion today, I want to first ask you, what are some soft indicators of various types of account payable fraud? That's a good question. And let me preface the answer by saying that the reason that a lot of fraud practitioners and auditors and law enforcement officials focus on accounts payable is because accounts payable is where you have the greatest concentration of opportunities for fraud to occur, both by insiders as well as outsiders. And as such, uh, we have things like embezzlement, we have extortion, we have bribery, we have kickbacks. These are all very common sort of subcategories of accounts payable fraud that are disturbingly frequent in around the world, really. It's not just uh, where I am in the US, it's, it's really everywhere. So to answer your question against that backdrop, some of the soft indicators that uh, employees and managers should be looking out for uh, in the terms of screening for suspicious activity in accounts payable include employees who are living beyond their means, employees who are living, who, who are known to have, for example, you know, modest salaries, but they're driving very expensive sports cars or coming to work with designer clothes and that sort of thing. One, you know, the, 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 the explanation could potentially be that there was an inheritance or a sudden windfall of some sort. But very often the answer is that there's a, a fraud uh, that they're committing that's enabling them to support that kind of lifestyle. In addition, there are very common indicators in terms of substance abuse and other addiction issues. Beyond that, there are a number of other things, employees who suddenly begin to show unusual behavior in terms of the work quality, that they're not, they're no longer uh, producing the same quality of work that they are uh, normally uh, producing. Their, their uh, attendance at work is erratic. They start coming in late. They leave early. They take a lot of sick leave. Those are often, again, people who are committing fraud in order to enhance their quality of life, their lifestyle, and are taking time off to enjoy that. So those are a few of the more common soft indicators. We also call them synonymously behavioral indicators, which is sometimes helpful to identify them. Sure, Peter. Interesting. So we did speak about the soft indicators. What I also wanted to understand is what are some hard indicators for organizations to understand, okay, there is an accounts payable fraud that is taking place? So the hard indicators um, are, well, let me, let me just say both the hard indicators and the soft indicators are behavioral indicators are collectively, we refer to them in the in the anti-fraud area as red flags of suspicious behavior, in this case, specifically suspicious activity that could indicate an accounts payable fraud is underway. So the 
as you might imagine, the behavioral indicators are probably a little bit more difficult to identify because they are more subtle. They don't necessarily, it's easier for employees who are committing fraud to disguise those things. But with, with hard indicators, with hard red flags, these are tangible and these uh, can be identified very effectively in a number of ways, which we'll talk about. But first, let me identify some of them. Some of them include I mentioned earlier, kickbacks are a significant component of accounts payable fraud. So if you suddenly see that prices being paid for a specific product or service that the company or organization purchases on a regular basis, that could be an indicator, a red flag, that there is a collusive arrangement in which your internal procurement and accounts payable team are in collusion with a corrupt outside vendor or supplier. And they are essentially providing what you might call, quote, permission to that vendor to submit fraudulently inflated invoices, even though what they're delivering is the same quantity and quality of product. So that's one very strong and relatively easily identifiable red flag of accounts payable for. Another might be And that could also entail bribery. There's a very thin line between the difference between kickbacks and bribery. Typically, bribery is initiated by the outsider, in this case, the vendor, whereas kickbacks can often be initiated by the the accounts payable and procurement team. Another red flag that's uh, common in accounts payable fraud is a sudden spike or jump in the amount of product being purchased as uh, compared with previous months or reporting periods. That would, again, indicate a potential fraudulent arrangement, a collusive arrangement between your internal accounts payable and usually procurement staff on the one hand, and again, a corrupt vendor on the other hand, where the vendor is, again, being permitted to deliver excess product in exchange for a kickback to the internal team. So those are two. There are a number of others that would include perhaps a sudden shift in vendors. If you have a vendor that has been, I would say, loyal to you, has been very consistently providing quality product, quality service, and is has been working with you for quite a long time and suddenly is replaced by a new vendor for not immediately apparent reason, that could again be the product of a kickback whereby the new vendor has paid uh, a bribe or there's a kickback arrangement uh, with your internal accounts payable and procurement staff to to switch vendors and essentially to give the account, switch the account from the old vendor to the new one. Now, it's important to he- know here that it's dang- it's a little bit risky to jump to any conclusions about whether this these kinds of red flags specifically indicate fraud, because they may not. In some cases, there may be legitimate explanations for these sudden changes, these sudden red flags. For example, if you're suddenly receiving, um, say, 10 or 15 or 20 percent more product than has been the pattern over the past number of months or quarters, that could be because there's then a sudden spike in demand on the part of your customers and collectively, and you've had to suddenly accelerate your supply chain in order to accommodate demand. So there, what we we normally say, and professional fraud investigators will tell you, you want to, uh, in addition to identifying the red flag, you want to take a, a step further to do some informal investigating. Now, 
The reason I say informal is because what you're doing is you're asking the employees who are the ones at the front line and are most likely to identify these red flags before anyone else to look for additional tangible evidence of the potential fraud. Look for documentation, for example, that may show alterations to cover up a increase in pricing or an increase in quantity of product delivered to unusual communications between unusually, particularly frequent communications between procurement and accounts payable staff on the one hand and your outside vendor. These are some of the things you have to look further for to before you jump to conclusions and start accusing people falsely. Okay. So Peter, you must be interacting with many practitioners. What are their pain points when it comes to handling accounts payable fraud? I'm asking this since uh, it is not a new phenomenon. Why is it that industry has not been able to crack the problem? Basically, where are the complexities? Well, that's a great question. And it's it's rather complicated. There are, as we discussed earlier, there are some soft explanations and some hard explanations of it. Some of the soft explanations of it are that management often believes that they don't have a fraud problem, fraud problem in quotes so to speak. And they therefore sort of bury their head in the sand. And if they do see red flags of a potential accounts payable fraud, they will sort of explain it away as either you know not uh, significant enough in terms of dollar numbers, or it's just the cost of doing business. So this is what we would call sort of a management myth with regard to the reality of accounts payable fraud or many other kinds of fraud for that matter as well. Another pain point, as you uh, point, point out, is the difficulty in obtaining credible indications of fraud, credible red flag uh, indications of accounts payable fraud, by which I mean, as I mentioned, typically the employee on the front lines, which is in this case, somebody who works within your accounts payable department, is going to be the, the one who first notices that something is suspicious, something is wrong, something is 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 not quite right with a specific uh, accounts payable transaction, with a specific invoice, for example. Your accounts payable people are going to be the first ones to notice that. Now, the challenge for fraud uh, investigators and practitioners is we need those employees to report that suspicious activity up the chain of command to management, where the decision to launch a full-fledged investigation or not uh, can be made. And that brings in the question of you know, intimidation, the fear of recrimination if you do communicate your identification of red flags to management. Sure. So I understand, uh, Peter, when you say about the whistleblowers, and I'm sure they still have the problem. I'm sure you agree that it's not easy for them to survive in the company when they do inform the management about some malpractices that is happening in the within the organization. So while I understand that enterprises have to establish a proper procedure, like not giving everyone access to vendor chart or having a proper whistleblower policy in place, what are some important tools or rather technologies that can be used to tackle each of the account payable fraud? It is a huge area. And you can't, with regard to accounts payable, as opposed to some other more narrowly defined frauds, such as expense reimbursement fraud or payroll fraud, for example, which are very clearly delineated and defined, accounts payable, as you rightly point out, is a very broad and often in larger companies, medium sized and larger companies, 
a very complex operation. And that makes it all the much more important for employees within your accounts payable staff to be trained, number one. Number one is trained. And this, again, is uh, underemphasized by many management teams, regardless of what part of the world you're in. It's, it's often very difficult. If, if management doesn't believe in the first place that they have an accounts payable fraud or that they are at risk because of an absence of vigorous internal controls, that they have a risk of being victimized by accounts payable fraud, they're not likely to take proactive measures to detect and prevent it. So that mindset needs to change. And when it does, the first step is to implement thorough and carefully designed, usually by an outside fraud consultant or fraud practitioner, a training program. Employees typically don't know what a red flag of accounts payable fraud looks like. I mean, they might see a, an invoice with a, an unusual digit or misspelling or something like that. They will not consider that to be typically a red flag of potential fraud, but it could be. And the point here is that they need to be trained that way to be very detail-oriented in terms of screening for potentially suspicious fraud-related activity. Only then, only once you have trained your employees to uh, how to identify those red flags, uh, are they can they be prepared to report them to management? Then comes the challenge of creating a climate or a a business culture within which employees feel comfortable reporting those red flags that they notice. And that involves what you might call the tone at the top. Management needs to encourage the idea that whistleblowing is a good thing. It's not something that you're doing. You're not betraying your coworkers or anybody else. Now, how do we go about reporting them? You're right. There needs to be an effective whistleblower program or protocol in place in order to do that. And unfortunately, there is no one size fits all uh, formula for that. What all of the different approaches to what we call fraud hotlines or ethics lines, which are essentially whistleblower channels, is that they provide a channel for any employee within accounts payable to feel comfortable about the, the maintenance of their anonymity in reporting that fraud, because there still will, in a, even in the most whistleblower-friendly company or organization, there's still going to be a, an, a, a sort of natural intimidation or, attendant, or, or reluctance, I should say, on the part of most employees to report. So that hotline or ethics lines program needs to include a choice of different channels that employees who identify red flags of accounts payable can use uh, to do so. And those that might include, for example, a dedicated text number to use, a dedicated, a dedicated website, for example, to use, a dedicated email address for reporting these red flags, or, you know, the old favorite, uh, the dedicated uh, toll-free telephone line, telephone line. To, and th those, all of those require trained personnel on the receiving end to be able to field those calls, which is another issue entirely. But suffice it to say, in answer to your question, the best way to encourage reporting of red flags of accounts payable up to management is to provide this kind of a choice of different channels, hopefully one of which at least will be uh, acceptable and comfortable to the reporting employee. So essentially you're saying that 
mainly what is required are policies in place more than the technologies that can be reached. That is correct. The policies are uh, indispensable. They are critical. Without policies regarding the mandatory training, for example, of employees in how to recognize red flags of accounts payable, without the policies in place, not necessarily requiring, but encouraging employees who do identify red flags to report them as quickly as possible, you're not going to get very far. Uh, yes, there are some technologies that have become available. There are automated answering services, if you will, that can t field calls from employees wanting to report red flags. These are fairly sophisticated these days, but it's not the same as having a human voice on the other end of the line who knows how to respond to an employee's uh, reporting, initial reporting of a red flag and to answer follow-up questions to obtain the maximum amount of detail as to the suspicious or alleged fraud that's being uh, committed. So yeah, the the Policies uh, still outweigh the availability of um, uh, technology, but uh, that could that balance could change over years as uh, we go forward. Well, thanks a lot, Peter. Thank you so much for sharing your views on how companies can tackle the problem of accounts payable fraud. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much. You are listening to Peter Goldman for ISMG. This is Supernatural One. Thank you for listening.